0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Today is June 20th, 2022. We're here in the Woos Media Studios. I am your host, Will Chambers, with me as always professional better, Tyler Walgie. Hello, bloke. No producer Smitty today. Where is he? Shout, Shout out, to producer Smitty. Smitty. He's out there in the world. He's out there in the wild. He's mm-hmm. actually filming a uh, a survival documentary. So he's been in the woods now for, for weeks. Out of, and, out of three of us who lasts longest, who lasts the least long in, in the... Uh, you're the least long. Like in zombie apocalypse. Because you don't even smoke. like camping. So you would have yeah. a mental breakdown, I think. Nah, not a big camping person. And you'd be like, man, how do I analyze my survival with statistics? I, you 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 can't do it without a computer. (laughs) And uh, I, Smitty and I both have camping experience, so I'm gonna bet that it goes towards Smitty or I. It's kind of kind of a coin flip at that point. But
1: well, what about zombies? That's still the same for zombies and you don't have firearms.
0: No, I don't. So I'm winning that one too. Okay, well uh, there you go. Allegedly, we miss uh, Ryan. He's out today. We miss him. Missed shout the big guy. out Smitty. Uh, the big guy's not here, but the, t- the two of us are here. We have college football news. Uh, it actually, you know, the off season has been fairly wild, so we have a good show. We're gonna go over some college football news. Uh, news about our favorite video game and. It's Play football. Uh, Tyler's got some segments lined up for us. You got a video game review. I do. We've got Tyler's three first bets of the year. Is this that right? This is big. I've got three best bets of the year.
1: I know everyone kind of doesn't bet until game day. Mm. <laughs> a lot of people wait to, right. to bet till the day of the game. I'm going to give out my three favorite bets for the first week. So sometimes, you know, we've given out season win totals, things like that. Mm. You don't have to wait till the end of the year to cash these week one bets and I love these. Three best bets for week one. I'll give those out
0: on today's show. And we're going to wrap it all up with uh, some conspiracy corner. Conspiracy time. yeah, We got some good conspiracies. I love it. But we have to lead up the show. Now, mind you, it's the offseason, and we've been doing shows like every month, right? Uh, During the offseason, there's just not that much to talk about when it comes to college football. And of course, right after we record the last one, all the madness happens with Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going at it. Mm -hmm. So while this isn't breaking news anymore it is interesting because you know basically this new rivalry has formed in the sec west between nick saban and jimbo fisher and exactly and, yeah. and that's the, that it seriously was like a boxing match for a few days there so if you're not familiar what happened is nick saban was he was giving some sort of like an interview i believe it was like a uh like a QA with like boosters a q, a q and on it was a q and a oh, we're not a there a. yet okay. that's at the end of the show okay <laughs> uh it was a, q and a with with i believe like alabama boosters or you know it was like a fundraising thing of some sort okay and he was talking about how his recruiting class this last year was number two in the country and that texas a&m was number one and saban was like hey look Texas A&M bought every player. We didn't buy any of ours. And what he was saying was, I need money from you guys. Like, you guys got to give us more money. If you guys want to stay on top, this is how we're going to do it. Look at how Texas A&M is doing it. I really don't even think that he was, like, taking shots at A&M. Was it smart to, to throw them out specifically? Probably not. But you do that, and then Jimbo Fisher just goes nuts which, of course, doesn't make any sense to me because guess what? A M did buy every player, but that's okay because that's legal now. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, but Nick Saban messed up here because he
1: shouldn't be calling out individual schools. and right. He actually later came back and apologized for it, but it's the issue of well, here's what he meant to say, and I know that you got what he meant to say. I know most people were able to draw the conclusion, but you still can't come out and say that. It's not it's not even legitimate because even though Alabama didn't buy every player, they're still paying for a lot of oh, these players. Oh, for sure, yeah. So that's for, what's silly. So for him to be upset with that, or Nick Saban would be upset with it you know it, it kind of just reminds me of a spoiled kid who's just to get in his way all the time didn't get his way and he thinks the world's against him because he didn't get the number one recruiting class definitely Sab- saban's gotta pump the brakes here he's talking about parody he's talking about all this stuff he's been <laughs> yeah. the one to to set this sport on its its tilt right now so i
0: side with uh, jimbo fisher in this situation well Look, you're definitely right. First of all, you can't call out the individual school. Even if he had been tongue-in-cheek, though, everyone would have known who he was talking about, if he was saying some people do that. But you're right. First of all, Alabama, it's not like their recruits aren't signing NIL deals. They're getting money. They probably were before. Who knows? That's just the world of culture ball. But right. while Nick Saban comes off as like a whiny, sore loser who you know he's not used to losing, Jimbo Fisher looks like, you know, the girlfriend who takes one little thing and you know makes a mountain out of a molehill with a big argument. Like, hey, we're not doing anything wrong. These players are so great, and it's like, yeah, we know that it, it's legal. But, but but I also get how how he's
1: so upset because Alabama's the one who's been doing this forever. It's almost like if in the NFL. Bill Belichick comes out and criticizes another team for taping walkthroughs or cheating. Right? <laughs> right. And it's like and, yeah. and if I were the coach of the team who Bill Belichick criticized, I would go off because it's like, whoa, hold right. on a minute. So I kinda get I, that. It's I like sam has been though. doing this forever.
0: The fact that, that that Jimbo went Jimbo Yeah, but here's the stupid thing is that when Jimbo's like, hey, he's no saint, you know, look into what he's been doing, it's like yeah, the reason why you know is because you were on his staff and you were doing all the same <laughs> right. shit, Jimbo. So you can't exactly tattle on Saban without tattling on yourself and and incriminate, self-incriminating at that point. So it's kind of stupid because it's like, hey, he's like, you know, we all know how, how things work there. It's like, yeah, it's because A&M is doing the same thing. You were doing the same thing at Florida State. You're all breaking the rules. So... You know, it it be it's one thing to be like, "Hey, you know, we're not doing anything wrong," but another thing to be like, "Oh, you should look into how Saban's doing his stuff." I got stories. It's like, should, yeah, dude, because you were doing all the same
1: shit. Should we play an impromptu game? Yes. I just created this. I'm on YouTube. All right, this game is called Jimbo Fisher or George Bush. <laughs> you just simply tell me who's talking. Oh, Jimbo I Fisher, got or George this. Bush. Now, I pulled this quickly. I don't know if it's going to be appropriate, but here we go. I mean, Gerhard Schroeder used uh, <laughs> me as a political.
0: Well, yeah, right. <laughs> Were you going mean, to say George Bush? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, hey, I don't, I don't, mean, don't think of they, they, they definitely s- have similar mannerisms and they <laughs> talk somewhat similarly, but I don't think it's enough to where I'd be confused. I think and the second politics so come up. It's like, okay, but you know what? This <laughs> is what happens sound very when similar. you make up
1: games on the fly. This is what happens. Hey, you know, George Bush and Jim Fish. They both got that little, you know, that little quick draw thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what, what I love about this now is that it, we already kind of had a rivalry forming in the SEC West between a and and Alabama. A&M mm-hmm. beat Alabama last year, major upset. Now, you know, they're going to be playing every year, and now you got coaches that, you know, and look, they kissed and made up, allegedly, and I'm sure that, you know, uh, Greg Sankey came in and was like, you guys got to play nice. We can't have anyone getting the other to school in trouble. But ultimately, this is great for the SEC. The SEC, SEC stays winning. This is fantastic for rivalry. It's going to make that game next year massive regardless of the record. Yeah, Even if A&M has time. three losses, people are going to be going into that weekend like, oh, this is huge. You want to know the current spread for that game? Uh, Alabama minus four and a half. 17 and a half. No fucking way. <laughs> Alabama minus 17 I and would a half. take A&M plus 17 and a half right now. Mm. You want to bet board it? No. <laughs>
1: That seemed, that's that's right a now.
0: massive spread. I know A and M's losing some stuff, but A uh, and M's going to be good. I don't think the, the seventeen and a half is fair. But well, you know. well, we're we're going to go over some numbers here that's in a little bit, a I have I
1: have some interesting interesting statistics for uh, it, look. I'm just I'll say it right now. We're we'll talk a little bit about the uh, my betting stats, what I've done so far on the show. Yep, my best bets today. Uh, I went back and it it took a while. I was counting all the bets and things like that. Unofficially, this is unofficial because I stopped after a while. I think you're like three and seven every time you go, This line reeks. (laughs) Whenever you use the word reeks, you go, Okay, this line, this line reeks. Uh So and so is minus three. They should be minus seven. Yeah, I think it's like... You a great I, what you're saying is that. I
0: usually jump on the one that seems too good to be true. Yes, That's why i 3 It's never seven. too good to be true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so,
1: same thing here. It's like, whenever it seems obvious... So
0: you're saying I should jump on Alabama minus <laughs> minus seventeen. I'm just and a half. saying it's never that <laughs> obvious that it is. Uh, well, look, you know, that was the big news over, over the last month. We've had other stuff. The NCAA came out. They're they're now recommending. Look, I
1: know I slid over from co-host to the producer.
0: Yes. Did you want news? Like, did you want like a news? No, I this isn't breaking. If we had breaking breaking news, that'd well, be. Let's get thing. to the newsroom with Will Chambers. Will, this what do is, we is no have longer breaking because we don't have news every day. Unfortunately, it'd no. be sweet if like uh, you know some news story just happened right now in yeah. college football. But unfortunately, it's not breaking news. No, but have, yeah, the, the NCAA is, is recommending an annual transfer window now, mm. which actually I'm a fan of because you have the transfer portal is this crazy place where people can step in and out whenever they want, midseason, offseason, uh, off-season, whenever. And I think that's good. It allowed the players to move around. Um, but now we're going to have guidelines, it sounds like, where the NCAA is going to say, hey, we're going to have a transfer period like you would see in like soccer um, or other international sports and that's when you can enter your name in. And actually, I think this is a good thing for players and for teams. And they're
1: talking about two windows right now, one in mid-December, another one from April 15th to May 1st. Both windows would coincide with contact periods and recruiting. So it makes sense. I mean, God forbid the NCAA actually do something that makes sense. So I like this. Will they do it? I'm not so sure. They have another meeting at the end of June. But uh, it's a good first step in the right direction for this
0: whole transfer nonsense. For sure. Because now it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know. You're not going to see teams aren't like adding guys from the transfer portal midseason and playing them the next week. So it's not like that level of craziness. But I think it is nice to have some guidelines, especially with how we've talked about how everything in the world of college athletics is changing so rapidly to set some sort of guidelines, fence some things in, make it easier for players and for coaches now, because now, you, you know, during the recruiting period, that's when it matters most. Because if you're, you're you're trying to count out roster spots now, the NCAA is just going to extend more roster spots. It sounds like, right. and so these transfer windows are going to be good things, and I'm I'm all for it right now.
1: If it passes, they're still going to talk about it, but That's again, right. it's just the idea that they're, they're at least talking about this, which is important. It's got to pass the House and the Senate, right, Tyler? Yeah, exactly. Look, it's just, it's funny that the NCAA loses a little bit of money, and then now they're willing to be proactive. Did they lose money? Well, they're having to share money, I guess. They Well, it, now wait. The they're a non-profit, are, Tyler, so well, they're not worried about money. <laughs> and I know it's the NIL deals with like individual companies and stuff, but once players can start making money, it inevitably means that they're going to lose a little bit of money here or there, and that would never... why If you're a billionaire, I mean, come on. You want to make sure you're getting every piece of the pie you can still, so...
0: Yeah, well, I'm not anymore because Dogecoin mm. fell into the tank. Yeah, I, I was, and then now I'm not. Thanks Isn't to that funny? You know, the crypto
1: crypto guy. Every yeah. time I talk to crypto guy, the last mm. year and a half to the moon, to the moon. Everyone said to the moon, to the moon, to the moon, to the moon. And then in the last you know couple months, and since everything's kind of hit the shitter, yeah, it's like they've gone not gone anywhere. And look, my problem. No, was see for, now it, but you but gotta, my problem, you gotta adjust. You gotta buy the dip. Well, that's and, what it and is. Honestly, you're you're probably right. I know you're. It's a little <laughs> tongue in cheek, but the issue is. My my problem isn't with crypto guy in general, it's that they don't shut the fuck up when they're just like when they're winning money. It's yeah. like sports bank, They only right? count their wins. Like you go to Twitter, everyone's yes. a sports winner, everyone's but when everyone's losing money, it's just they they, they don't say a word. Yeah. Same thing. Whenever you know, when they're winning some money, Bitcoin's going up, Ethereum's going up, it's yep. just oh hey, dude, that's an issue. Dogecoin's going up, Shiba do invest in this? I would talk to some of my buddies, come rocket, and they would that answer one? the phone. To the moon? To the moon, huh? Bitcoin to the moon? And then now that it's gone down, it's like, you don't hear a word about it. Not a word. But it's going to go up 10%.
0: Everyone's going, oh, did you buy? Did you buy? Did you buy the dip? Well, the the thing about going to the moon moon is you have to come back. You can't live there. (laughs) Gravity is always going to bring you back. No one lives on the moon, except for maybe aliens. Hashtag Uh, conspiracy. I don't wish uh, losses on anyone. I just think that it's uh, evening out. It's just
1: like it's just hysterical to me.
0: No, I agree. The the most annoying thing about crypto, bro, is that they only count their wins, not their losses. You're right. They're all silent. The right only thing about the public sports betting when so. right now it's like hey you, you know you got to just admit oh I was wrong I timed it out wrong no no but but all they'll say now is just wait
1: just wait it'll it come back up right they they can never be wrong it's hoddle. either we're getting rich or hoddle. we will eventually get rich that's right yeah
0: well that's the fun no thing the about it is it's like it's a. Uh, it's a never-ending thing. It's kind of like the We keep bringing back conspiracy Those QAnon on people. It's like two <laughs> more weeks. You know what I mean? They keep just adjusting what the target is, moving those goalposts, and now crypto bros can do that too about their crypto. Uh, crypto bros. So well, so I I diversify. You know who's not a crypto bro? Who? Luke Luke Fickle. Because mm. he he just got paid. He got he got a big extension, and now we have Cincinnati UCF and Houston, the three teams that are moving from the AAC to the Big 12, they cut a deal with the AAC where now they get to leave after this coming season and join the Big 12 in 2023. Which is
1: weird because aren't OU and Texas leaving in like 2024, 25?
0: Technically, yes, but I, I think the implication here is that they're working behind the scenes to make that move to the SEC a little bit quicker. Horns so, down. Horns down mm-hmm. in the SEC. Interesting. Just in general. I just think they'll come in and just be Alabama. That's. I think Texas is back because it's the offseason. <laughs> They're always uh, back. But no. <laughs> I love it because... Uh, His name's Will Chambers. He'll be here all week. At least we don't have to worry about like which year does everyone leave? Is this happening now? Is this happening later? I think it's good. I'm actually excited to see a team like Cincinnati. Like, I mean, Houston fits perfectly into the Big 12. UCF, we'll kind of see what happens. But I think it's a good thing. Now we're going to hopefully see Texas and OU move to the SEC a little bit faster because, you know, I've talked about it on the show so many times. I don't like conference realignment just because it breaks up rivalries and it changes the landscape. And even though in the long run you get used to it, you and it will be awesome having Texas, you know, versus Texas a and again. It'll be awesome having Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC, just from a viewing standpoint. Um, and so, you know, I just want to get it over with. That's basically yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I want to also, but you know, it's it's
1: juicy while it's going on. Did you see Making that headlines?
0: They interviewed Lincoln Riley finally. He finally gave like a big interview on ESPN. It was an ESPN Plus story, and his quote, the big quote from it was. I wasn't running from the SEC. I was running to USC, Hmm. and that you know that's that's some fantastic PR from him. And I don't necessarily. I don't think the reason why he left OU was because he was afraid of the SEC. I just think that the opportunity was there, and I think it definitely factored in. But I don't think that he's like I'm so scared of the SEC I'm leaving. It's a lot of things. I mean, more money, uh, recruiting
1: hotbed, the ability to win in a weaker conference. I think you start checking off the boxes. It's like who in the world wouldn't have left? He For gets sure. to now
0: live in. Did you see his LA. mansion? The mansion he bought was like it's like twelve million dollars. It's incredible, and it he's is. got like ocean views. Yeah, he's got. It's I'm sorry, it's 75 Norman. Oklahoma's great, but he's it's right, right not next that. to the beach. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you know, you can you can be like, hey, Norman people, it's, you're allowed to be upset, and also admit like you know, living in a mansion that overlooks the ocean is is an upgrade. I'm sorry, it is. I mean, it is. Yeah, you ever been to Norman? Uh, no, I haven't. I've been there. Yep. I've been to Mount, I've been to Stillwater.
1: You know, I mean, it's a good time. Look, They've got a good Outback Steakhouse. If you're going to
0: be chasing tornadoes, where else would you want to be? <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm uh, into it. And I'm excited to see what Oklahoma has. Like, that's the fascinating thing about this offseason is I feel like I'm still forgetting where all the player transfer has happened, guys yeah. shifting around, coaches moving around. It's going to be a fascinating year to see unfold. And I'm so excited that we're getting there. I mean, we're so, we're so close. It's summer now. We're into golf season. Uh, we're wrapping up the hockey playoffs. And then pretty soon, it's going to be fall camp is here in no time. Yeah, we've only got one
1: more show before the season starts in That's July. Right. And yeah. we gotta
0: we got to get our combine, too. So we gotta we got to talk <laughs> yeah. to Smitty and Go. see about that. I just <laughs> want to finish not third this time. Yeah. Um, and then the other big news was Marcus Freeman. He's kind of fell into some hot water. But, you know, Obviously, he's now the head coach at Notre Dame. Their week one game is against Ohio State. They're like 14-and-a-half-point underdogs. He played at Ohio State, by the way. He's an Ohio State grad, and he took some – Shots kind of in the media. He was being interviewed, and he was talking about how great his student athletes are at Notre Dame, and how you know if you don't go to class at, o- at Ohio State, it doesn't matter. And at Notre Dame, they actually have to go, and immediately a bunch of Ohio <laughs> State people started shitting on him for it, and he had to like walk it back, and be like, no, you know, I wasn't saying anything bad about about you know Ohio State academics or anything. It's like, well, yeah, you were, and that's fine to admit. Ohio State. No one's arguing that Ohio State is the academic institution that Notre Dame is. But the problem is when you are when you went there, you know you probably shouldn't take shots. Also, you have them week one. Don't give them – he's just firing up the bulletin board material so hard. Yeah, I think
1: what's happening here is that Marcus Freeman is having the harsh reality of understanding what it's like to be the head coach in Notre Dame. Yeah. It's like, don't you realize what Notre Dame was when you agreed to be the head coach? This is part of the job. You have less of a window for recruiting players. They have to fit in academic standards. They have to fit in all kinds of little – categories that Alabama and Ohio state players don't have to fit into get used to it. If you don't like that,
0: go coach somewhere else. <laughs> well, all that being said currently, and obviously these classes are far from being over, but if you look at the current 2023 recruiting class rankings, Notre Dame is number one. He's crushing it on the recruiting trail. That's yeah. not going to end up that way. We all know that Notre Dame uh, is going to end up getting, you know, passed by Alabama or A&M or some sec school, right? That's always how this thing works. But that being said, he's crushing it on the recruiting trail. My biggest thing, he clearly he has a way to talk to players. His players love him. That is clearly showing in their recruiting as well, where these young guys, they believe in him. They really like him. We still haven't seen this dude coach a, a football game as a head coach, and that's a big deal. His first head coaching gig is at Notre Dame, and his first game out of the chute is against Ohio State. And guess what? Ohio State is like itching to – to make up for, you know, what seemed like a, a an off year for them because they lost to Michigan and their defense was terrible. Like that I I can't wait. Can you pull up the line for that right now, you know, on uh, Ohio State versus Notre Dame, 14 and one? a half. Man I mean, that's tough. I think Notre Dame is really good, but there is something to be said about this is his first game, and I want to see. I I just have a feeling in my gut. I'm not rooting against him, but I have a feeling in my gut that Marcus Freeman is going to crash and burn at Notre Dame. I really do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's way too big for him. I think Notre Dame... For a long time, they've been overachieving because Brian Kelly is such a good head coach. And there's a lot of people out there listening who may disagree with me. I know Brian Kelly gets a lot of slack, but I think he's really underrated and he's the reason they were so good. So just watch out. LSU... It's gonna have a very good year. Yep. Notre Dame, I think, is gonna underachieve.
0: I don't even know if LSU is gonna be that good. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised mm. if they are, but I think that what people are discounting is that like Notre Dame is not an easy place to just go out and win 11 games a year. Like we're all you said, right. it. Brian Kelly's a great coach. Before Brian Kelly showed up, Notre Dame was a shit show. They had, you know, they had Charlie Weiss. They had like a bunch of different guys in there that were all struggling and couldn't win. It's not an easy place to win. And Brian Kelly made it look easy, frankly. And now Marcus Freeman has big shoes to fill. And I hope I'm wrong. I actually am rooting for the guy because I think it's a great, great story. But uh, I don't think, I, I have a feeling that he'll be out. This is going to be very similar to my uh, bet about Brian Harson not surviving at Auburn. I don't think Marcus Freeman survives at Notre Dame either.
1: If I put into my model, my computer program, which I've specialized for college football, uh, and you take the names off, and every coach is represented as Coach A, Coach B, Coach C. Uh, because here's the thing, is is when the average person evaluates head coaches, bias leaks in. Hell, when the average person does anything, bias leaks in. So you have to kind of right. blindly do this. When I look at my numbers, which I trust, I, a, I think I have a very good approach to handicapping uh, college football and coaches within the sport. Brian Kelly is... No doubt, a top five head coach. I mean, if you just look at his stats, what he's done with the teams he's had, and how he does against the spread, aka expectation. I mean, Brian Kelly. I've said it before. I, I was adamant about this last year. I had you guys and a lot of listeners say I was off and crazy, but I think Brian Kelly is one of the best coaches in the in the in the country.
0: I don't think that I. don't, I was, I don't think I, it's called you crazy for that. I think I've always thought maybe he was a good Smith, coach, maybe producer Smitty did. Could have been producer Smitty. Now it's funny that you mention. That in your model now does your model account for things like swag and drip? Like, does Lane <laughs> Kiffin get a bump in the coaching category just because he's so swaggy? Uh, like, does that so factor you, into do, your model? Do you want
1: to know what's actually funny? Is no, it doesn't. I don't have like a swag rating. I think you should, but I, 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 I do should have, get a swag meter. I do have non-numerical. Ratings that are that that slide a little bit here or there based mm. on how players will perform for certain coaches. Yeah. So if you're a coach like uh, Steve Adazio, who we've seen really grind players down Old at uh, Boston College, really grind players down at CSU, I don't have a swag factor for Steve Adazio, but I have a rating and a factor for what his players will play like over a season under his his mm. reign. And not to be too technical, and we'll move on after this, but. The way that I do things now on the computer, I use neural networks. So a lot of the times, my computer start telling me stuff, and so I don't have to really put in stuff. I find my computer will sometimes highlight things and say, "Hey, this coach often uh, overperforms in this situation. You may want to look into that." So
0: I think you should add Swag Meter and just give Steve Adazio <laughs> swag negative meter. swag. You give, I mean, frankly, Marcus Freeman's got swag right now. He's we got a little swag. We haven't seen how he's how he coaches, but. The swag meter would have to be off the charts, I think, number one for Lane Kiffin. Well, they have a swag rating on the new NCAA uh, video game? I'm so glad you brought that up. I want up. a swag rating on Because that. the news is that NCAA, you know, some something got leaked out. It didn't come directly from EA, who who obviously was the, the company that made the NCAA football franchise for so long. But the r- rumor is that they're going to release it next summer, um, which that's normally when they would come out is that, you know, usually you could get the game for the following season like June or July and it it looks like it's finally happening. We're a year away. We have one year left, which feels insane because we've been talking about this now for like 3 years, like when is it coming back? Well, it's They're definitely happening. The rules. It's, it's happening. Hap- yeah. It's definitely happening and it's going to happen next year and I can't wait and I'm so excited because I want to see like what new features they bring in. Here's my hope. I hope that yeah, I, mean, I want you to get this out of the way because will Oh, boy.
1: You know how excited I am for this, okay? I do. You and I have been talking about this for like a decade. (laughs) I'm going to rain on your parade and everyone else's parade after you say this. And it's not my decision. Mm. I don't want to. I don't like the rain. Mm. I don't want to rain on parades. You tell me what you're excited about and I'm going to bring us back to reality.
0: Unfortunately. Okay. Well, these are just like the game features that I'm I'm expecting and I want. So what they did in one of the, the... you know last few years as they had like these classic teams and players you could play with and i'm hoping that through NIL that you'll be able to retroactively like we've we've missed so many great you know, teams during this time the game wasn't out. I'm hoping that historic you'll be able to, teams exactly Ooh. play is 2019 LSU, 2001 2017 Miami, 2017 Clemson. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Play is those 1995, historic teams because now you can get the whole roster and have their name. And so having like national championship or like all the playoff teams, every team that's been in the playoff, I think would be sweet. I think they need to add. You know, they need to add back some of the stuff that made the, the previous game so great. The mascot uh, mashup games. You know, all of the historical stuff and keep it simple don't go nuts but i think you have to have some sort of a historical thing so that we we get to have those teams that we missed out on playing that would be awesome i didn't think about that that'd be really cool to be able to go back and play with the
1: best teams in history yes Uh, i don't know how the nil rules would allow that but if they can that would be a great feature you mentioned the mascot matchups i didn't like that last time i thought it was Mm. a waste of the game a waste of space the mascot
0: versus mascot i didn't love that um yeah go on I mean, like that's, that's like the number one thing, obviously. I, like, and then the, the other thing is just I don't want them to change it because it was, it was already so good. And if it's literally just Madden with NCAA teams on the helmets, I'm going to be furious because Madden is a fucking garbage game and it sucks. And so that's like my biggest fear is that we've been hyping this up for years and it's going to come out and it's actually going to suck. And then I'm going to be heartbroken. I'm yeah. going to be absolutely destroyed. <laughs> okay. So gutted as they would to... say in the UK. I'm just gutted. Do you want me to rain on your parade now yes. should
1: we take a break? You know, no, rain on, break? bring it on,
0: dude. Give me the bad news. Uh, the bad news
1: is it will suck. Why? Here, I'll, I'm, all right. Now, I'm not going to get too technical because I actually don't know a whole lot about this. I had to go to YouTube, read articles, and educate myself on how video games are built. So about five, uh, five or six years ago, there was a new engine. An engine is what a video game runs on. Mm. So you create a video game, the engine essentially creates everything into an animated form. Well, a couple years ago, five, six years ago, Electronic Arts, EA, partnered with what is called Frostbite. That's like
0: another... uh, Frostbite
1: is one of the newest, coolest, most high-definition graphic engines available. Okay. Now, the reason why Madden and EA signed on was pretty clear. If you look at, I think Madden, and don't quote me on this, but I believe it was Madden... 2015 to 2016 or in between 2016 2017 i'm not exactly sure but you could tell a real clear difference in the graphics both during gameplay but especially outside of gameplay the pre-game entrances what players looked like everything else looked very very real Mm -hmm. so madden opted to go with frostbite Mm -hmm. here's the issue and I'm, so, I'm going to make this as easy for the listeners as possible. The frostbite engine, when you play sports games, uses what we call animations. And animations means it takes the physics out of the game. Right. So what will happen is you'll throw a pass to a receiver, and then Madden will fill in randomly one of, let's say, 20 or 25 outcomes. Interception, receiver catch, receiver right. catch and breaks the tackle. So your skill has mattered less and less over the years because everything's more built on animations and they're sacrificing physics-built games for graphics. So the question is, does EA go with the Frostbite system or do they go with the old physics system and will... Everything I'm saying says they're going to go with the Frostbite system, meaning it's going to be very similar to Madden, it's going to be driven on animations, and it's not going to be that fluid gameplay that we got used to before. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the other people evaluating this and talking about this are wrong, but that's what I've read so far, is they're using the Madden format for NCAA. That makes me want to crawl up into a ball and just cry. And look, you mentioned it, Madden sucks, and a lot of people actually agree with you. It's The reason why they say it sucks is that very factor it takes the ball out of your hands and they sacrifice your own skill for making the game look better. So, well, I know it's unfortunate. We still have to play. We still have to buy it and play it, but... I don't think it's going to be as smooth as it was before, unfortunately. So
0: yeah, I mean that's that's a bummer. You're definitely you're you've officially rained on my parade. I know my parade know. is now rained yeah. on. But look, we can't be all roses and sunshine
1: over here, and the game comes out and it sucks. I want people to understand what they're getting into. If you're before. listening
0: out there, EA people, um, <laughs> yeah. just make it like the last game that you made, which was awesome, where the gameplay was great. And no one gave a shit about the graphics. Like, no one plays it because the graphics look so good that every time they fall, you know uh it's a perfect grass stain on that part of their jersey no one cares about that shit but you know like when you see
1: these clips on uh twitter or tiktok or whatever where you'll see uh, clips of some athlete in all those little balls yes and they'll like be tracking his movement and they'll do these like different tackling motions different catching motions yeah the reason they're doing that is for the animations (sighs) it's so they can plug that in every time you throw the ball
0: so So we need ea to have less balls
1: well, this has been a problem now for a couple of years and the public is making it well known. The issue is, it's just like we live in Denver, right? And the issue with the Colorado Rockies is that we live in a great city where people want to go spend money and go watch a game. And the team is so bad, but there's no incentive to make the team better. That's right. Because they're making a whole lot of money on ticket sales. And
0: they could make this game a pile of shit and everyone would buy it's it. It's the
1: same thing with NCAA and Madden. Ugh. So everyone buys the game. So EA has no incentive to be like, okay, no one likes it. Let's make it better. So Will, I hope
0: it's like the old game. I'm praying for it, but I wouldn't bet on this it. This is very sad. And I'm, I I'm sad. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but you've got a video game review, right? That's I the do. do. That yes
1: yes so we've got a review today and it's a video game segment you know my thoughts on ncaa can't mm. wait for it to come out there you go but i've got a review on another video game okay is it lemmings it's not <laughs> it's not so i actually have two video games wait, for what here.
0: was that game worms that you worms, tried to, yeah, to play? Worms is
1: great <laughs> worms battlegrounds okay so i'll make this very very quick but uh producer smitty and i uh you know i'm not a big gamer you know, it's Not actually, anymore.
0: You, you used to be. Oh,
1: I used to, I used to be gaming We've for sure. We've grown up. Yeah, yeah. And I don't play that much anymore. I'll, I'll play occasionally. Well, this last weekend, or uh, two weekends ago, I was a little bored, uh, home with my girlfriend. We, uh, we're just kind of hanging out, so I decided to uh, get some video games. And I signed up for EA Play. Do you know EA Play? Yeah, it's like the Game Pass, right? Yeah, it's, a so fi- can- it's $5 a month, and you can download all these different games with it. So I downloaded some games on EA Play, and there's this game called A Way Out, and it's really cool. Have you heard about this? A way out or yes. a way out? A
0: way out. Okay. A way out. Escape room game.
1: Yeah. So it's a multiplayer game, but you can only play with two people. You can't play by yourself. Mm. So it's either multiplayer with some random person, which sucks, or your buddy. So Ryan and I decided, hey, I found it and I said, hey, you know, this is pretty cool. Do you want to get this and we'll try it out? And so what you do is you escape from prison. You're oh. both you're both in prison together. Okay, and you you work together as a team. Distract to, the guards, yeah, to the, exactly. And so you escape prison. And I think we're about halfway through. We've actually gotten out of the prison. Yeah, we've got so and it, it took a couple hours. Now you're in the yard. So yeah, we're in the yard getting out. And it's a really, really fun game. I actually recommend it for anyone out there. Looking for a multiplayer game, you're looking to play with your buddies, your friends. Hmm. It's fun because you use a lot of teamwork. It's pretty puzzle built. It's kind of fun to try and... Sends a good message for the kids. (laughs) 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 If you get put in jail, you can always get out. But uh, the one problem I had with it is it's so... Tediously task driven, that like for instance, there's this one part where you have to sneak someone through the guards, like checking in the laundry, Uh and so one person has to get into like the laundry bin, and the other person has to cover them with towels. Right. Well, normally in video games, what to do to like to like simulate the idea to cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you you have to go get a towel (laughs) and cover him. And then go get another towel and cover this part of him, and then go get a third. And you have to go get a towel like five or six times. You just want breaking out of prison
0: to be so easy. Exactly. How, so, so how you, dare it's you? It's very
1: tedious. You have to do all these little things and cover them with every towel mm. and go. And then it's like if you have to like like file something off. Yeah. Well, you got to go file and then go cover it up when a guards coming to and go file it again. And it like makes you actually do the actual time it would take to file it. Okay. So it's kind of tedious. But besides that, great game. It's someone the friend can you it's called a way out? I give it uh, out of a hundred. Uh, keys guard keys i give it 91 <laughs> guard keys very fair okay game.
0: now is there any like you know in lots of video games you may have like magic potions or like hey eat this this mm-hmm. health bar or whatever is there like any jenkum related thing Zero. where it's like you get, none you get of plus that. 10 health and stamina no, if, you, none of that. if you drink some jenkum? They try and
1: make it as realistic as possible okay
0: Well trying to get well jenkum would be realistic i would think <laughs> And if you're not familiar, give it a goog out there, people. I don't have to yeah. explain it to you, but no, there's not you know, that'll certainly get you going. Okay, none of so, that. So I give okay. that a
1: good rating, 91, Present Keys. And good, another very quick rating. I'll give this one a minute-long review. Mm. Have you heard of Plants vs. Zombies? Uh, they yeah, it's, it's it sounds somewhat it is pretty fun. They, they they have three games, one, two, and three. It's just fun. It's like an online first-person shooter game, but there's plants and zombies. Like what kind of plants? It's like a ficus shooting guns. Yeah, it's, it's like cor- It's like corns, and the corn shoots like it's like kernels. Okay. And like, you know, there's like a cactus that shoots stuff. Can you play cute. as the zombies and just like yeah, e- yeah eat the yeah. corn? Well, when you go online and play, it randomly will put you in either the zombies, mm. or the plants, and you okay. can select the different characters. Okay. So Plants versus Zombies is very fun. That and that cool. does it for my video game review. I love it.
0: That's all that I really have. Well, I'm excited to get back into the world of video games when NCAA comes back. But oh. in the I I'm like you. I haven't really been playing that much. But you gotta promise me this. Yeah. You will start a a dynasty with us yes however here's the caveat there's a reason why i never so, so for en- those who don't know uh, a dynasty the-
1: is where you can start a uh, pretty much a, a career, program a career with someone so yeah. you take over as the head coach at any program and you start recruiting and then yeah. you just go seasons into the future and we used to
0: play this but we'll never like to get involved with that well no here's the thing i loved getting involved when we would play each other but here was my beef is that I hate I don't like playing against the computer cuz like when you put it on Heisman mode like you could be playing the shittiest team in the world and it'll just make their players better in order to up the difficulty when that's just ridiculous right and so if you're playing you be playing as Alabama and be playing Rice but if it's on Heisman mode all of a sudden their corners are like NFL level and I think that's stupid I love playing against you or any of our friends because okay, then, well, it's here's like, the here's, then it's like a person to person thing think but in that the dynasty you, mode you had to play like eight computer games I think
1: you were too quick to quit last time I think one once you learn how the computer plays, it gets a little bit easier. Just, yeah, it's Even just on Hall of Fame mode, it translates though. Well, not on the old game. We can't promise any of this for the new game. That's right. But for the old game, it translated. When you got better against computer, you could play better against people. So I, I found personally mm. that the more I played the computer, because it was like that. I started my program it with didn't Colorado. didn't fit my system, you know? And I would start off and I'd play Air Force and all these bad teams back then. Right. And I would get killed. But then over the course of time, you learn to beat them and you get better players and you play better. But I get that. But the other thing is, if you play with, let's say, six to eight people... That takes care of six to eight games during the season. Yeah, but that will so be the frustrating part. Just
0: simulate the other four. Is that like you, we're all playing as top 15 teams, and I could be five and one against the six people and be three and three against the fucking computer because, you know, and have a loss to fucking North Texas. Well, So either play those games and get better and don't quit before you just lose. I don't like that. <laughs> or just simulate
1: the games, and if your t- if your team is better, that's true. You it will, should win more often than not. If you're playing a bad team, I've just never
0: been a should. simulator guy. You know, I wanna I wanna call the play. Do you know I'm, what I think it is? I'm I'm think it's on a, the I think on a, it. it's
1: a subconscious ploy where you don't want to lose to other
0: people. No, because I'll challenge any one of you. And here's the thing: I actually went to go uh, crack open the old Xbox 360. I blew the dust off, and I and I went to go play a game recently, and my disc reader stopped working and now i have to like find a new xbox 360 so i can so i haven't played this Uh, game now in like two years but i loved i was never afraid to play a person one-on-one i just hated how when it was on super hard difficulty like the computer was just you know ridiculous Mm, i think there's
1: something deeper with you mm,
0: i think there's like a psychological thing i gotta work out with a therapist i think i do i think it's something deeper than that maybe it's my fear for ai and robots coming to to kill us all is that i don't trust i'm like will smith and i robot i don't trust well, the robot
1: i don't i it may also be a commitment Humans are a, a one commitment thing. kind of thing like you don't want to get into like a dynasty and it's a long term and you're really committed now you have to now you have to play all the time mm. and people are, are expecting you to play i think it's more that
0: interesting you know? i don't know I, I mean i think i disagree with you there because okay. i always loved playing okay it was just i don't want to play against computer if it was commitment against only playing you guys then i'm always down mm. well, you know? well we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. Can't wait. All right, for this uh, Tyler, your best bets for the 2022 oh, season. Oh, let's
1: go. Let's get some best bets in there. Yes. All right. So I have some numbers first before we get to the best bets. Uh, I have my. I, I ran my total numbers. Will. So. Okay. Uh, let's see here. During the uh, from from the beginning of the show, we've been doing this now for three years. My best bets. Uh, this includes game we games we've agreed on. In games we've not agreed on. Okay. okay. My 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 best I'm one 119, 79, and five. That's good. Sixty point one win percentage. That's very if you good. would bet a hundred dollars on all of my best bets, you'd be you'd have a lot more than a hundred dollars. You would be up three thousand two hundred and ten dollars thirty-two point one units. That's ten point seven units per season. Okay. Now games that we've disagreed on, aka our bet board games. I'm just slaughtering you. I'm sixty-eight, 68, 46, and two. Fifty-nine point six percent. Okay. Okay. Games not my ag- best, but games we've agreed on. My best bets where we've been on the same side were 51, 33, and three. Sixty point seven one percent. So wow. I know. So it all adds up it, on the games we've agreed on together collectively. We're up on a hundred dollars a game. Well, one ten to win a hundred. Uh, we're up one thousand four hundred and seventy, aka fourteen point seven units, and then me my uh, on my games, I'm up uh, seventeen point four. So total thirty two point one units, I'm up. That's so big I've time. been doing very well, and it's only getting better. I've improved my system, I've improved my approach. I'm looking forward to a very big season,
0: and so these are my three best bets up to this point. Okay, now before you give them out, counterpoint. Yes, you've heard of the. Uh, the hot hand or the, the hot shooter fallacy? Yes, I have. So, statistically speaking, this should be my year where I just steamroll because I'm picking at a rate that's not sustainably. Well, uh, here's that's the how thing. bad my picks the are. The hot things. shooter fantasy
1: or fa- fallacy. Fallacy. Oh, well, a I think it may be there. a fantasy on your part. <laughs> well, I think it is a 40th <laughs> slip, actually. That is a fantasy because here's the thing that's based on the assumption that things will regress to the mean or progress mm-hmm. to the mean. I don't
0: know. Well, I I, I think statistically it think has to happen. T- <laughs> right? I, I can't I can't be this bad statistically. I, I, what what really happened? I wasn't that bad until this last year. No, last no, year no. was rough on me. T- so I have those numbers. Our first year, three years ago, I
1: won that year in terms of our bet board. And for those new to the show, we do a bet board where yep. if my best bets coincide with Will's best bets on the other side, it's a bet board game. Yep. Uh, so the first season we did it, I won that year 18, 15 and one. The second season, I only won by a game. It was nineteen to eighteen. That's right. The second year, that was close. Last year was rough. Last year was thirty-one to thirteen. COVID. It was well, a COVID th- thing. <laughs> last year was 31 13, and one. Yeah, <laughs> that so that's really a big bad. Big love jump last year. So I am fifty-nine percent against you. So technically, if we're expecting me to be 55 percent, maybe then, uh, this should I'm be a, my year. Maybe I'm about four percent ahead of where we did. Oh, right not buy
0: my stock low. Buy the dip on Will. <laughs> All
1: right, let's get to it. Best bets. For week one of this season. Yep. All right. So uh again, uh two of these are in week one. There's actually one game in zero week. So let's go in chronological order. Let's let's go over to the first game first. This one is August twenty-seventh, zero week. Week zero. Week zero. Connecticut taking on Utah State. Oh, a barn burner. We are taking Yukon plus twenty-eight. Minus one ten. So we're taking Yukon plus twenty-eight at Utah State. Riding the Huskies. I know, I know, I know. It's UConn. But there is some positivity, some rare positivity in this program. New coach Jim Mora, who we all know, or a lot of us know, is implementing a fresh feel, and they need it. Jim Mora has had his ups and downs in his career. This is the kind of stability I believe UConn needs, though, for this Turnaround that they're looking for. Last year, UConn was second worst in total yards, second worst in scoring, but like I said, there's things to be excited about. Okay. Jim Moore is surrounding himself with good talent, smart football minds, so I think there's going to be immediate changes. Former Penn State quarterback who played there last year, uh, Taquan Robertson. Had up and had his ups and downs, but he gets his best receiver back and the top receiver from 2019, who's had injury issues. Very good offensive line, four starters back, lots of veterans, plus a couple transfers. I see UConn being honestly. I know this sounds weird, but one of the more improved teams. In the country. Now, what does that mean? They won, I think, one game last year. So if they win three games, four games, that's a huge improvement. So let's be careful with how actual, you know, how great they're going to be this year, but they're going to be much improved. I really think that. Okay. And I've always said this too. I really believe in this. Early in the season, when you have teams like UConn, They don't know how bad they might be yet. And so new coach, new feel, new program, a lot of new players. There's this excitement at UConn to where they may not be a great team, but that week one game, they don't know that yet. They don't know how bad they might be yet. They're 0-0. And so I like UConn in this situation to really surprise some people. Now I know Utah State; they're a very good team. Okay, let's not forget that Utah State is good. Athlon Sports named 12 players to the Mountain West uh, all all preseason teams, uh, the first, second, and third teams. So Utah State will be able to run the ball. Uh, their quarterback Logan Bonner should be efficient, but this is about you know early in the season. A team who has... All right, so here's the thing. Utah State, early in the year, high expectations. I think they're going to be more apt to to take their players out early. Not as apt to keep their foot on the gas because it's UConn. It's a team they're supposed to beat, so they're supposed to blow out. And Utah State dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Tons of injuries. So they don't want to see that early in the year against a team like UConn. I think Utah State will have a good game. They will put some points up, but we're buying UConn at what might be their lowest point for the next several seasons to come. Plus, people don't want to bet on UConn. There's a reason it's 28 points that we're getting. I'm taking UConn plus 28 in what is our first game of the season. All right, let's move on to week one. That game was a zero week, week zero. This game is week one. We're going to take FAU, Florida Atlantic, minus seven, Minus 110 against Charlotte. All right. Uh, early in the season, as we said, there, th- th- this is going to affect our early bets, weeks one and two, this whole early in the season idea of, well, there's several things. There's uh, good teams who are wanting to stay healthy and who have different incentives. Some want to run it up, some don't. Uh, there's bad teams who don't know how bad they are yet. Like UConn, we talked about in the first example. These teams actually get a boost early in the year because they don't know how bad they are yet. So it's like they're going to give max effort. And something else that we talk about early in the season is that offenses and defenses are going to be a little bit behind, right? They're going to be a little bit rusty. And it's not you'll you'll hear some people say, uh, offenses are slow to start the season, or defenses are slow to start the season, or whatever it may be. What I've found is that it varies greatly coach by coach, team by team. Coaches who have very simplistic defenses you're generally going to see a cover 2, cover 4, you know, those team and they've got a lot of veterans coming back. Those teams seem to start the season fine defensively. Same thing, offenses that are maybe a little more conceptual, they don't have a ton of formations, maybe nine starters coming back. Those offenses hit the ground running a lot faster than than others. So it's not a flat blanket statement. Oh, the offense or defense starts slower in the season. It's going to be team by team and coach by coach. But what we've seen is that Charlotte starts very slow defensively, and that's not good for an already bad defensive team. Last year, Charlotte was fifth worst in defensive efficiency, 126th, and uh, they also allowed 465 yards a game arguably their three best defensive players are gone, which I know what you're saying. Okay, the three best defensive players on that bad of a defense, how good could they have been? I know, but it's still good to have some kind of building block for next season. So last year, they had a first-year defensive coordinator who is still there. They've made a couple changes with the staff on defense, but I don't expect a whole lot of changes. Offensively, Charlotte isn't horrible, and they've got eight starters coming back which is why I actually lean the over 57.5-2, but I don't think it's enough to overcome their bad defense. Uh, Now, for Florida Atlantic, uh, their defense gave up 405 a game last year. Again, leaning with the over... Uh, 57 and a half. But they're right in the middle of the pack last year for points allowed. So I think what we have here is a defense for Florida Atlantic, who's going to give up some yards, maybe give up some points, but they will move the football. Now, it's exciting right now what's going on with FAU. There's a big shakeup in the staff. New offensive coordinator, uh, Brett Deerman, new defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando, who, by the way, was at USC in Texas, some big name schools, they're going to bring a new feel, new fresh feel to FAU, and they've had good success in the past with a lot of ups and downs, or a lot of, uh, I, I should say, uh, successful and, and, and non-traditionally successful programs, like like Middle Tennessee, right? Brett Deerman, who was at Middle Tennessee last year, went through four quarterbacks in a season, but they still averaged over 38 games. So I think Florida's going to move the football. They're going to put some points up. Uh, they didn't really have trouble last year moving the chains, one of the best third down offenses in the league, and they have four starters back on the offensive line. So I like Florida Atlantic here. I also lean the over, but I think FAU opens the season on a positive note. It's important you get the seven. I do not like it at seven and a half. We'll take FAU minus seven. And finally, my third and final game, we're going to go Colorado plus eight against TCU. I'm a CU fan and I bet on CU a lot. And here's the thing most people out there are biased towards their own teams, right? And they kind of get screwed betting their own teams. I'm very careful putting bets out there for the University of Colorado because I know this team very well and I'm very careful to bet on them or against them publicly. So I think this is a good spot for CU. First of all, I'm kind of down on TCU. They didn't have a great season last year. Second to last offensive efficiency and 119th in total defense, okay? TCU was not great last year. So they get a new head coach, Sonny Dykes, who I think is a good offensive mind, but it's going to take time for TCU to learn his offense and to get a handle of every everything new that he's bringing into this program. So I think TCU will be better, but I see them more competing to make a bowl, not necessarily to win the conference. Meanwhile, in Colorado... CU's coming off a bad season, even worse off season, but I think too much is being made of the transfers. And what's happening here is the market's not accounting for the quarterback change. I think CU's quarterback, new quarterback, well, he was there last year, but he had an injury. uh, JT Shrout, the Tennessee transfer will be a major upgrade over last year's quarterback. I have it right now at about a four and a half point upgrade, which is major for football. So, I think that hasn't been accounted for in the line yet. Now, I'm not saying the line's off four and a half points, but we're getting good value here taking Colorado plus eight. We're also steam chasing a little bit. Okay, so it's come down from, I think C was plus nine uh, a few uh, weeks ago. So we're getting it a little late here, but Colorado at eight, I think makes some sense. And look, I know this is not a good team, but they have a winning record last five seasons against the spread. So we'll take CU plus eight against TCU. Once again, my three picks, we'll take UConn plus 28 against uh, Utah State. We'll take FAU minus seven against Charlotte. And then we'll take Colorado
0: plus eight against TCU. I love it. We're already getting into gambling, and it's still the offseason. That's that's, that's, that's what we want right now. Now, Tyler. Well... You wanted to, you had Will. some conspiracies that you think are real. Is that what this was? <laughs> oh God! All right, I know we're getting out of here. I know we're trying to wrap the show up a little bit. I do have something though.
1: So I know we mentioned we wanted to talk a little conspiracy theory. Of course, I have a real, legitimate conspiracy theory that I think is 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 real. Is, it's not it's, actual. It's, it's not a
0: theory. It's now wait. Is this? Let me ask. Is this like one of the big ones, or is this like something you just came up with? In the last week, you're like, hey, I think that well, uh, you know what's funny? all potatoes are made out of you I, know dust or something. I came up with it. Okay. This is mine, but when I typed it into the internet, mm. there were
1: other people who had also thought about this. Okay. So I didn't get it from anyone, but other people have thought about this. Okay. It's that birds and squirrels have the ability, or some of them are like listening devices for Birds aren't real. China. No, not birds aren't real. Okay. 1% of birds are
0: Some real. birds are drones. Very, very, very squirrels? few. Squirrels? You think squirrels? Squirrels too. Here's the reason
1: why. Is mm. birds and squirrels both move very mechanically. <laughs> okay? I, the reason why I thought about this, I was walking to my dog the other day, and there's a squirrel who, or a bird who lands on a fence, and it opens its mouth to like caw, and it looked like a little machine. It, it opens its mouth like it's a machine. And it goes, ah, ah without closing its mouth and it just closed like it was a little speaker. <laughs> and I go, what the hell was that? And birds are so funky and so <laughs> weird that that it's not actually, it's sort of like the double negative to where I reverse engineer and I go, okay, if I were looking to do this and I were looking to spy on people, this is a very obvious way because mm. <laughs> no one notices birds or squirrels. No one really pays that much attention to it. It does certain things and it's it, it's right there in our face to where it's like if it were a online thing or something cyber or something mm-hmm. different those are more detectable by other like people who do that like agencies or, or committees or whatever who are meant to look for crime cyber crime people doing that if it's actual like robots and like like tangible things like that I think it's so much easier and so much in our faces <laughs> and then they could easily have some sort of like not like self-destruct or self disintegrate to where if it broke because here's the issue. <laughs> is where we would be able to discover them if, like, a bird, like ran out of batteries yeah. or broke and it fell and we go oh my gosh
0: this bird ha- this is made a bird, of circuits a right. and wires so it'd be
1: very easy to install some sort of like self-dissolving advice like self-dissolving acid. yeah there's like acid that gets like re- like dissolved like released upon the, the material that dissolves or
0: it blows up or <laughs> there's certain things that like happen to it if it like okay. goes down okay but now wait I, and I, I don't want to uh, I'm not going to call you no, a no, this crazy is, this person is legit. this is real because there has been like real leaks that like back in the Cold War the soviets were like uh installing antennas into like cats that's tails. probably where it started and, that's and probably where it it, started yes but the idea that you think it would be easier to make a robot bird that self dis- disintegrates or blows up and has cameras in it than just installing spyro on someone's yes, phone yes yeah it's got to be the craziest no. thing that you've ever <laughs> no. said in your life no. it's no. not easier i'm not saying oh, it's not it possible well i'm not saying it's not Will. possible but that is Will. so not easier than it than Putting code okay. into a an and mis- birds. You're, mis- app. You're, mis- you're misinterpreting what I'm saying.
1: I'm not saying easier is in the process of doing it is easier. I'm saying the detection is less no. able to get caught. If if you have a lot of people looking for exploding birds, no 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 no, no. <laughs> phone encryptions, you're gonna find that. If you look, if you have people looking for birds or, or squirrels that maybe and again, one percent was like way overdoing it. I think it's like one out of like a million. <laughs> okay, so it's, like, so few and far between. I think
0: that's the easiest way to do it because no one's
1: sus- suspecting
0: it. Okay, but, like, it, it, let's say even, okay, you know, spy agencies have, like, a perfect replica bird that the only flaw is that it opens its beak, like, a second before it actually calls, and that's how Tyler caught on to it, ah! Right? Like, in what scenario are they spying on, like, really sensitive shit, like, discussions in no, a park? I don't think There's it's sensitive. There's not a bird sneaking into the White House. But I don't think it's for that. I think they just
1: want to keep tabs on what's going on. They can do what that the, already. What are the average people talking... Oh, so I actually have a, a a 1A to this. So, it's like, what are the average people talking about? Okay? Now, are we done with this? Can we move on from that? That's my that's my conspiracy. Can we move on? Yeah, sure. Okay, Go now, to 1B. He, he, here's my 1B. Okay? Is... This is not a conspiracy theory. Okay. Okay. This one is not. Uh, Some people think it is and it's not. Okay. Your phone is not listening to you. Your phone is not listening to you. That's not entirely true. Something will come up on
0: someone's TV or phone or whatever. Laptop. And they go, Oh, we were just talking about this. My phone is listening to okay, me. Okay, but that's not. I get what you're saying. Some people, some people see that and immediately jump yes. to my phone is listening. However, it has been proven that if you just take a phone and you just repeat "puppy chow," "puppy no. chow," "puppy no. chow," you will start to get ads false. for. It. Yes, that's false. It is picking up phrases. Okay, so that's actually false. Here's why:
1: if you talk to text or talk to the on uh, talk to the internet, it will track it. Okay, if you use that to communicate with someone on email, it will track it, okay? So it will track what you're saying. Keystrokes. If you are are actively putting words into your phone, email, text, whatever. But that's not what people say. The average person thinks the phone is listening to something. Here's what's going on. Is if you are going to say, puppy chow, puppy chow, puppy chow. It is, now maybe you saw some experiment on YouTube or something where they were bullshitting or whatever. Or they were doing it (laughs) on their own thing. But here's the issue, not the issue. Here's the answer. If someone says puppy chow, puppy chow, puppy chow into their phone like that without touching anything, it's very likely that individual has also looked for puppy food on their phone for their, well, for no, their, I get for that. Dog. That's not what so I'm here, arguing though. All. But that's what I'm saying is that we often misinterpret our phone listening to us rather than our phone being Okay, algorithmic? But, no, hold. On, let me finish. Being algorithmic and saying if someone likes Madden and likes skiing, and this is hypothetical, right? Likes right. Madden, likes skiing, no one likes Madden. Likes Fourth of July. They they vacation every year in September. They also may like puppy chow and so that's how it works it's oh not I get like, that it's not like you have to have searched for puppet right. chow it's giving you stuff that says we use a very
0: very very right. complex if algorithm you're likely to buy this you're likely to buy this or whatever your phone is not listening okay, to you okay but wait it is in some cases because right that's how the fucking that's how Siri and the Google Assistant works that the mic is on and it's ready to pick up certain phrases yes so it would, wouldn't it be easy enough for Google to tap into that no, exact same function where the lo- microphone is on no. and then say hey, now we can apply this to market no, that's actually misguided logic. And they have to
1: mm. they have to specify those things when they're getting all of these devices okayed by committees and i don't know if the government's involved but by committees who okay those things right i know there's like regulations there are a lot of regulations a highly regulated you're right no
0: one's ever broken regulations or rules before and so that's definitely real but
1: just because other people have we can't assume it's going on here right because with that argument we can assume everyone in the history of mankind's always done something wrong because some people have before so my point here Mm. is what what'll happen is someone will say oh my god we were just talking about jewelry." And we got jewelry. right? I just I got engaged about a month ago, right? Yeah. And we're getting all kinds of wedding bands stuff like that. We're getting that because Ali typed into Google, and this. Yeah, no, I, know know, I her, get that. But she, in, she she may not even type she she may not even typed in wedding. She may have typed in best
0: months for weather for right. a large gathering. No, I get or whatever. that. Whatever, and it pulls it from other stuff. I get other that. stuff that combines it. I so, want to test this though. So if there's something that that I c- we can definitively say that I've never been looking for. That has nothing to do with my normal search interest, here, right? No, but you, and I get what you're saying. But my point is, can we agree
1: that people constructing the algorithms and, and, and artificial brains to interpret this stuff are some of the smartest people in the world today? Or like top 10%, right? Yeah, or right. at least at
0: what they're doing, for exactly, sure. Exactly, what yeah. they're doing.
1: Well, if we can agree these are some of the smartest people coming up with this stuff... Can they not find out some way not to leak out that we know exactly what they're doing? Because if we happen to, to whisper something that we've never whispered before, they're not going to now send us an ad for it. Mm. Like, that's a very big deal. If you want to do this correctly, you're not going to say, oh, hey, they've never mentioned whatever it is, leather shoes before, right. and they whispered about it. If you're, if you're anything better than an idiot, you're going to say, okay, wh- what we can't do is tomorrow morning, send them a sh- uh, an ad for leather shoes right like we have to make sure that they they can't pick up on this right so the last thing that would ever happen if this was actually going on dissolvable is, ads yeah is you'd be able to send an <laughs> ad for this very stuff so that actually backs up what i'm saying is that it's so much less likely you'd get ads for that stuff if, they, if you didn't really want anyone to know about it in the first place so that's ridiculous no one is listening to your phone it's all about what you're searching for coming back and, and you don't
0: understand what's but going the on. birds and squirrels are that's that's for sure well that's real birds and squirrels are Very real. We're going to come back to this in the next episode for sure. Thank you guys for listening. We got to get out and watch a hockey game. Go abs. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, review, five star, like, tell your friends. We'll see you guys next time.